live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. I do believe we are a go, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first, the maiden voyage, if you will, our inaugural episode of the Conspiracy Farm, where folks, we don't find the conspiracies, we just add a little bit of water to them. And I am oh so fortunate, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, my name is Jeffrey Wilson, and I am oh so fortunate to co-host this program with a stud, man, UFC former champion, UFC Hall of Famer, trainer of champions, the guy's done a little bit of everything, his name is Mr. Pat Milicic, what's up, Pat? Hey, this is great, Jeffrey. I'm uh, I'm excited. We're going to have a blast, and uh, this is going to be a long run, brother. This is going to be a long run because, well, the the material's endless. Yeah, I mean, we got we got a treasure trove. Like I said, it is quite endless. But like I said, I wanted to we want to define things before we get into all of these conversations because it seems to me like the language has been hijacked a little bit. So I want to make sure we define the term conspiracy because. I've noticed over the last maybe 15, 20 years, it's become such a pejorative term with such a negative connotation. If you are, if you think of conspiracy, then supposedly you're a thinking person, or if you're a conspiracy theorist, you have some tin hat and your X Files, et cetera, et cetera. But no, a conspiracy, <laughs> very succinctly and by definition, is the act of conspiring, of conspiring, an evil, unlawful, treacherous, or surreptitious plan formulated in secret by two or more persons, a plot, if you will, a combination of persons for a secret, unlawful or evil purpose, or in legal terms, an agreement by two or more persons to commit a crime, fraud, or other wrongful act. So I wanted to make sure we define our terms very succinctly, and today we are starting out, what do we have on the plate today? What is our what is our first conspiracy, Mr. Militage, that we will be adding a little bit of water to? Well, I think we need to talk about... Uh... Muslim extremists, ISIS in, in focus, really, and, and everything that's been going on with them, how they were, how they were created and, and really how they came about and, and a lot of the other stuff that's going on. And, and I think that, you know, a, a great, a great headline that I got from the military times and really couldn't help but notice that ISIS is expanding its reach and sophistication of its drone fleet. Mm. So, you know, you, you sit there and you think, um, you know, a bunch of guys in the middle of the desert, um, suddenly had piles of, of weapons and ammunition and, and anti-tank weaponry and a bunch of other stuff that suddenly appeared, and they suddenly learned how to use it without any instruction. Mm. Most most Americans have no clue uh, about any of this stuff that that ISIS, you know, uh, was was armed by someone. They were funded by someone, and that now they're getting more sophisticated with drone weaponry. So it's you know when we talk about anything. In terms of the funding coming from any Western nations, not just Sunni nations in the Middle East, um, that that we're not we're not batshit crazy. That that a lot of these things, these arrows are pointing directly at Western funding and arming. Well, and like you said, Pat, before you before we get too deep, it's important. Like you said, this you know this has been going on for a while, and you know this is this is honestly nothing new. I mean, you could even go back to a gentleman. By the name, you know, one of the first places I start really getting a uh, sense of how deep this rabbit hole goes when I read a gentleman's book by the name of, uh, his name is Zbigniew Brzezinski. Uh, he was the former national security advisor for um, for Jimmy Carter, and he wrote yes, a book called The Grand Chessboard. And he kind of talked about creating proxy armies. And back then, we know they, they did fund and arm the Mujahideen, which uh, had part in it Osama bin Laden to fight at that time the Soviets. But, you know, there's been a precedent set dating back quite a while of the West, Western forces, Saudi Arabia, other other, other countries, um, kind of secretly funding these forces that you're talking about. Be it, yes. be it Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and like before we went on, you said the offshoot of Al-Qaeda and, 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 and ISIS. There's, you know, hundreds of different offshoot organizations. Yeah, I mean, Boko Haram and, and many other al-Nusra and a bunch of other groups, you know, the stuff going on, not just in, in the Middle East, North Africa, spreading into Yemen, um, terrorist terrorist organizations everywhere popping up, but but mainly through throughout the Middle East and and North North Africa, specifically being funded by some by some by some money from from Western powers and and being funneled through, you know, you know, and, and I think probably prefacing 
uh, when we start talking about NATO's involvement in any of this stuff, you know, you you can you can talk about uh, their their past after the the post cold Cold War stuff that went on in Europe, Jeffrey, and and add to anything that that I'm a, I'm going to say, and I'll add to what you're going to say. But you're well versed in in and what was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, Gladio. What was, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Gladio. Gladio was pretty much the stay behind kind of operation, um, which kind of was that proxy army again, if you will, to kind of start stuff in Europe. To uh, you, you, you're very familiar with it too, Pat. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead and and uh, keep rolling. I like how you're. I like how well, you're no, sounding. Okay, so I'll, I mean, I'll add to it. I'll throw things in. Well, I mean, it's it, it's oftentimes these things are utilized to kind of destabilize certain areas, and that that's essentially what Gladio was against the communists back in the day. It's a problem reaction solution kind of situation. Like they create the problem, there is the reaction, and then they go into you know solve the problem that they create, and that's essentially kind of what Gladio was post World War II, and and nowadays. Excuse me. What we have, and there's, I hope to get her on one day, Pat. And I've spoken to you about her. It's a former FBI whistleblower, and I don't want to say her name, but her study and research on this is so deep and so comprehensive. Um, it's called Gladio B, essentially. It's this yeah. new phase, if you will, of of a proxy war destabilizing certain areas. So. Like later on down the line, like we're not even close to we're still in the reaction. We're, we're still in the problem phase. We haven't even when we're still reacting. We haven't even <clears throat> we haven't even gotten to the solution part of it yet, because as you have right. an article uh, in the Military Times there um, uh, about Coker saying this is going to be like a 10 year, 20 year drawn out war against ISIS. Um, that's what this new phase is. Gladio B. We're seeing it in Brussels. We're seeing it in North Africa. We're seeing it everywhere. And um, yeah, decades. Not, yeah. yeah. Coker said decades. So. I think that's that's even more than two in my mind, right? No, absolutely. I mean, and, and if you hear people talk about you kind of need that uh, that boogeyman and that, you know, each each uh, kind of generation, we have a different boogeyman. But in the day back in the day, part of my language, it was the the Japs and the Krauts. And and now it's the the Hajis. And, you know, granted, we can have our disagreements with you know certain aspects of the culture or whatever. But we got to look at this in a larger picture. This is a chess game. This isn't checkers. And like I said, if you read books like. Uh, not to say I know everything, but read books like The Grand Chessboard or Carol Quigley's uh, Tragedy and Hope. Um, I mean, these things are pretty laid out succinctly in how they think the chess the chess players uh, think, the setters of the chess table, if you or chess board think, if you will. Yeah, and a continued setting of the board for when we get into the ISIS conversation here in a little bit in terms of NATO and its involvement. But I was always a guy who had to have things spelled out clearly for me in books, as you mentioned, and and by people who had really done their homework and. When the Cold War was over, the, the, the use of force by communist Russia was not there. That had disappeared. But politically, they were infiltrating throughout Europe, and, and there was a lot of panic, rightfully so, about that infiltration. So they set up and decided that, well, we've got the Operation Gladio people that we've, we've put in place all around Europe. We've got weapons. We've got ammo. We've got all this stuff. And we never used them. We never needed to. But now we do, so we're going to through the media apparatus and and other uses. Well, we're going to have a mass shooting and blame the communists. We're going to we're going to have a bombing in a store in a restaurant and and blame the communists. And this is how we're going to shut them down and close them off. And and subsequently, at the same time, take Europeans' weapons from them. Yeah, and so exactly. I mean, you gotta you really have to articulate the historical precedent. And almost like you said, I was the same way. I had to have it really spelled out for me. And having that historical precedent, like I said, you and I, we chewed on this stuff. So, you know, we're, we're a little bit more used to we're It's hard to get us shocked anymore. But it really helps having that background to get what we're talking about today. And it's it's so, man, Pat, it's so very pervasive. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the Boston bombing, for example. We've had this discussion, you know, people – it seems like anymore, like everything, everybody thinks everything's a conspiracy. But I mean, when you, like I said, when you understand the precedent of, of these kind of things have happened before, no one wants to think the Boston bombing was some kind of other than what it was. You know what I mean? Some assholes wanting to, wanting to fuck with America. But right, my language. But when you when you look at these associations, the the Tamerlan and the the um, I forget his name, the the, the Tsarnaev brothers. Right. Their uncle, ladies and gentlemen, look this up for yourself. This isn't poppycock shit. Their uncle, Uncle Ruslan is his name. I forget his first name, but he goes by Uncle Ruslan in the media. 
He lived with a gentleman by the name of Graham Fuller. Uncle Ruslan was married to Graham Fuller's daughter. If you That's look at right. the, 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 the resume of Graham Fuller, he works for the Central Intelligence Agency and is very integral in essentially training and doing what essentially Pat is talking about in certain regions of the world, specifically the Caucasus regions and yeah. uh, the stands up there outside of some of the old Soviet republics and stuff. So yeah. it's going on everywhere. It's not just they, Libya they were, and the Middle East. They were pulling the shit with the Chechens that ultimately led to Russia leveling the country of, of Chechnya, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been going on for a very long time. And like I said, folks, I may have, like, I might spew, like, I hope no bunch of shit just because I have some information in my brain. I don't know to what end this is, Pat. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty I'm pretty well-established, self-confessed idiot, but I just have a few con considerations with suggest a few things. I wonder, what are they doing all of this for? Is this, like I said, we're only 10 years in, 20 years into this war, which is supposed to what? Are we talking about a whole redrawing of the map? You know, and we, we haven't even gotten into other episodes of the economic stuff that's going on with China and the Soviet Union and the, 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 the dollar and, you know, the the world economy, if you will. So, I mean, there's a lot of things at play here. I don't think it's just a distraction uh, while they do their work behind the scenes with the monetary system and, and everything else. That's certainly part of it. But I think that it, it, it is truly about pitting citizen against citizen so that they can eventually literally control every every inch of our lives. And, you know, what better way to do it than an administration telling us that cops are bad and crooks are good and everything else that we're dealing with that, that uh, you know, People coming out in, in even the media saying that, that Chris Kyle, an American hero and sniper, uh, was a baby murderer and, and that, uh, the people he was shooting who were insurgents for the most part, people not even from that country, Russian ex or Muslim extremists, uh, that he was, that he was, uh, you know, sending to their maker, uh, that, that Chris Kyle was some sort of evil human being for doing that. And, and this is what we're dealing with constantly with the media. Uh, the media is obviously their tool and, and, you know, hopefully, we're able to to well, expose and, and, these people and, and, for really what they're doing. Well, and, and honestly, you, when you say things like that, media as their tool, like again, just sounds like just a off the cuff kind of phrase. No, ladies and gentlemen, you can look up things like Operation Mockingbird, which is essentially, you know, whatever apparatus called the Central Intelligence Agencies, um, basically locking down the media. I mean, it essentially owns not owns for lack of a better term but controls the narrative of pretty much all the media outlets i mean look at it like all these different media outlets now are owned by just a few handful of companies and these companies apparently through this operation mockingbird and other kind of controlling mechanisms of the media control the narrative and then thus control our perception of what's going on which again is imperative which makes it imperative why we need to educate ourselves and have some damn discernment man because Right. When you go down this conspiracy trail, I mean, shit, I have questions about 9-11, but, you know, now it's gotten to the point where, you know, there's the no plane hit. I understand the no plane hit the Pentagon theory, but now there's the no plane hit the towers, which is insane. Or, you know, you get into your JFK, you know, the, the final shot came from the storm drain type shit. So it's like you got to <laughs> have or the ice bullet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you, you no, got to have some discernment. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't don't uh, don't subscribe to to the deepness that these people take it to and. And uh, what well, is deep, but it's like, you know, like, like tentacles of a tree or branches of a tree. I mean, it just it can grow off crazy like that. But you just have to be able to, like, I don't know, rein it in a little bit, at least in my opinion. And you know, I just I could be even off myself with some of my my assessments. Right. Right. So let's let's go ahead and maybe shift gears a little bit here. Talk a little bit more now that we've kind of done a lot of prefacing with with uh, our lead into ISIS and yeah. and the globalists the NATO organizations and and we ha don't even have to get in and confuse the listeners on the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission sure. we'll, cover, we'll cover those groups individually and and shows down the road but sure. um you know if you go back several years and you remember John McCain in Syria when we started talking about taking out Bashar al-Assad in Syria um John McCain went and met with the free Syrian rebels. And mm -hmm. in the, in that meeting, there are pictures all over the Internet um, of Baghdadi. And Baghdadi was a guy that was released out of a federal prison here in the United States. He was a bad, bad, bad guy, a, a flat-out terrorist and uh, Islamic, Islamic fundamentalist. And history shows and, and records show that um, he was he was trained. He was trained by very qualified people from uh, from Western countries and and this guy was sitting in that in that meeting 
Now, fast forward, suddenly Baghdadi is the leader of ISIS. Now we're talking about hunting him down and killing him. Um, but he was he was obviously put in place uh, by our people mm-hmm. and by NATO and 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 a, and that meeting with John McCain sitting. At, I, I, it blew my mind to sit there and look at all of that and watch John McCain in this meeting with these scumbags and talk about funding them, talking about arming them. And the guy turns out to be the leader of ISIS. And and how our government can actually deny their involvement and and literally building of ISIS along with other Western nations, like I've said, and, and Sunni nations. Um, it's it's ridiculous that America that Americans aren't marching down the streets of Washington, DC and and demanding demanding these people be removed at very least if not thrown in jail yeah i mean and that we've talked a lot about accountability and 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 the lack of accountability i mean and and that's crazy i mean and you're absolutely right and i don't even get into i guess that's what having all this information you're just like fuck man this is bizarre world because up is down and down is up i mean literally that picture can be taken and like through this media they can just control the narrative like no those are the freedom fighters when in fact you know it just turns out we're just blatantly saying all the time no he's going over there hanging out with the proxy army that they're using using to go over and destabilize all this shit and they're just you know yeah, and and here's the funny thing, they they call the the certain groups um, moderates, certain groups right. that blow shit up and kill people, moderates, right? That it's it's a hilarious term that they've tagged these certain groups with that end up okay. So so there's the the moderates are the middle guys who end up giving the weapons and cash to ISIS. I'm 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 confused here. Uh, well, because no, because mean, there's no there's no moderates in Syria in terms of of these groups that we're funding. No, and I, and then that's what I'm saying. It's just like it becomes. It, it's really hard, not really hard, but it's like I said. I, I wonder what the end game is. It's like it's it's uh, there's so much of this going on like right under our nose. Um, the uh, look, I don't want to freak people out, and and you you look up. And you and I have talked about this before. The letter from Albert Pike in 1871 right, uh, right. to Mazzini. People can look up, look that up. Albert Pike 1871 letter. Google it. Read it. That was written long before any of this stuff was happening. And they say they'll say to me, "How did they know to use the term Nazi for World War II? How did they know that there was going to be a Nazi party? How did they know this?" Well, not to go too deep into it, but Albert Pike uh, was the guy that that helped get the funding for the Confederacy for the Civil War, right? And that funding came from the global bankers. And, uh, you know, so so he was a very intelligent guy. I think his IQ was even that above that of Einstein. He was an absolute genius and a, and a Confederate general. And a Confederate morals de- and Dogma. He wrote Morals and Dogma. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a trip. Book, dude. There's a lot of... A lot of Masons that that uh, say don't even don't even waste your time reading that. You want to get your brain cooked? Yeah, that's that's the book <laughs> yeah. that'll do it, right? I jumped into it a little bit. It's deep. It's definitely deep. Morals and dogma. If you can find it, man, it's 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 definitely one that's uh, hard to find. But you know, like I, like we we're saying, it's just I I think like I said, we're gonna get into all of this yeah. in the subsequent episodes, folks. But I think there's a larger larger economic aspect to all of this, and then we get caught up in the East West kind of like at each other's throat, like you were saying, aspect of it. And that's what I think what they rely on oftentimes. But at the same time, they still have created this beast, and we now have to deal with this beast that's been created. Um, another thing, man, when, when talking about shit that's right under our nose, um, this guy named Fethullah Gulen, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. He is like a billionaire from Turkey that came here years ago that lives in, I believe, Pennsylvania. That is literally uh, his foundation has got billions of dollars, and he's literally just funding, arming, uh, teaching madrasas, funding madrasas right under, you know, right in Pennsylvania. Well, he's got school systems. He's got uh, schools near bases, military bases, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's a CBS News article: U.S. charter schools tied to powerful Turkish imam. Yeah, charter schools. And this, Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and this is what this is what's happening, right? And under our under, you know, it's Pennsylvania. How far is that from fucking CIA headquarters? So it's like it's not like they don't know, ladies and gentlemen. And Pat and I aren't crazy, so it's like we're giving you articles, we're giving you information. Like this is absolutely 
happening. So then it's just like, what? What what happens now, honestly? It's like, because literally this summer, we're going to see a ramping up of this Gladio, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like I want this to occur. But I, in my humble opinion, and I'm not, it's not some fear tactic or whatever, because I gain nothing from it, but I see a ramping up of this Gladio business throughout Europe, throughout Africa, which even is under underreported. And even here, I think a lot of that is beta test for when they bring that shit here. God forbid. Absolutely, but, absolutely. I, I, and and it's this is totally, you know, Gaddafi even said before he was killed, he said, if you take me out as the leader of my nation, you will have a massive influx. If you take me out as the leader of Libya and things spread, you will have a massive influx of millions, millions of Muslims into Europe and elsewhere. And and people didn't need to look into the real reasons why Gaddafi was hit, killed. He was about to create a whole other currency for right. Africa based off of, you know, his currency based packed off gold, if I believe is correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the dinar. The dinar is, is yeah. what he wanted for his oil. And suddenly, even though after he blew up uh, Pan Am 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland, and did a, a bunch of other nasty shit, he was left in power because he was he was he was towing the line. Basically, they had meetings with mm -hmm. him and said, "Listen, dude, um, this is this is what's going on. The central bank uh, needs to uh, needs to control your your monetary system." And I think he was starting to toe the line. He was starting to go along with things. And as as soon as he stepped out of line and said, "Yeah, you know what? I want gold for my oil." You're done, dude. You're done. Well, yeah. I mean, look at what happened to Mubarak. I mean, he was pretty much an establishment guy over there for for decades yeah. until you know things just. The, the 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 board shifted and you know he was no longer uh, no longer in their favor. Right. So um, you know going back to though you know when we talk about that the point I was getting to with the flood of millions of of Muslims into Europe which mm -hmm. is happening and and frankly the people in Europe are 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 they're scared to death they're flat out scared to death the citizens who are marching against this are considered right wing extremists by the media by our media by their media uh, that they're the bad people. When when hordes of, of these Muslim men who obviously were raised in a, a much different place in the world, much diff different set of morals, are, are terrorizing communities. People are afraid to go out of their out of their houses. Um, what this is so much different and so much more dangerous. And you can see that anywhere. Again, Pat, I'm not sorry to interrupt you, but ladies and gentlemen, you can see that anywhere. There was a 60 minute crew at somewhere in Scandinavia, Norway or Sweden, or something like that. They were attacked. So, I mean, this is going on everywhere. Right. So, Sorry. But this is much different than, you know, a good friend of mine, and I can't even say his name. He was former former special uh, special forces operator and, and CIA guy, and uh, he owns a tech company that, that owns a, a good portion of the cell phone company uh, across North Africa, those companies, and so that we can track people and, and things like that. He's got technology. Um, on borders that picks up cell phones instantly that you, you, you would be amazed at the amount of people who don't even own shoes that come into our country and other countries on borders where they have technology where they'll, they'll suck the, the, uh, information out of your cell phone. They know exactly who's in the, in these countries as soon as they cross. But this is the guy with the technology. But anyway, he, in a conversation with he and a, a good friend of his who owned a very large government contracting a company that trained military and, and law enforcement. They wanted me to do some training for them. But anyway, I asked them, how did you guys meet? Uh, they were basically operating guerrilla teams against each other in South America de to destabilize governments down there and stop the spread of communism there. And these guys were the head dudes running massive groups of guerrillas, um, arming them and, and, and sending them. Recently? This was back uh, the, the Nicaraguan the Nicaraguan days, the El Salvadorian stuff oh, that's going okay. on yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah. in the 80s. And, you know, I know firsthand because I was a uh, between my, believe it was my sophomore and junior year of high school when I worked in Dallas, Texas for my brother Bill's cable contracting company, um, putting in the big trunk cable with trenching machines and all that sort of stuff, running mm -hmm. a, running a, running a pick on sandstone in 105 degree heat, getting in shape for football coming up. But, uh, but my brother had hired a ton of El Salvadorians who had flooded out of that country uh, up to the United States because of the wars down there. But this that was a much, you know, you're sending people who are, you know, Catholics, God-fearing people, uh, people who, you know, they, they assimilate into society. Um, they, they were they were generally good people. And and this is a much different situation now with, with everything that's going on no, in the police absolutely. and driving these people out because, hey, 
when you make announcements and saying we're going to accept here in the United States 500,000, 750,000, a million people from Syria and throughout Europe, the millions, Merkel's brought in so many people for, into Germany, the Germans are going to hang her from a tree eventually. But the, the <laughs> you know, when you're ISIS and these other extremist groups, I'm going to sprinkle my boys into that crowd and send them into Europe. You're damn right I'm going to. And it's already, it's already um, really shown by the attacks that have gone in on, on in well, France and, and, and in Brussels. No, no, absolutely. And again, again, not to, I mean, I'm playing chess here and not to say, I mean, I don't even think it sounds paranoid. I think it's, I think that is part of the tactic. I think however long ago when they decided to kind of do this, when I say they, you can put whatever name you want to it, but I think, you know, you destabilize the area, create the clusterfuck, and you know you're going to have that huge mass migration. And like you just said, you know, with that anticipated, sprinkle in a few, I mean, people call it a Trojan horse or whatever you want to call it, but I think that is, I think that is a, I think that is a military tactic which is happening right now. Right. And you know, and and honestly, you know, I'm 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 not really on the fence about it. I don't I'm not just saying I agree with Trump. You can't knowing you if you know this information and still want to just bring them in, you know, throwing that to the wind, I think that's irresponsible. I think there needs to be serious vetting, not just because they're Muslim. I don't I mean, I don't at least that's not what I'm saying. Right. Knowing that in this group is possible name the different hundreds of different offshoots of terrorist groups dude it would be derelict we would be absolutely derelict in our national security as far as our borders you know to to just allow that and that's from a humanitarian standpoint i wish man seeing the kids i wish we could allow you know the people who are legitimately seeking refuge to kind of you know be dispersed if they're willing to assimilate and all that shit but not the whole you know come over here breed you know set up an imam or whatever the hell the plan is right. but you don't understand what I'm saying? But the videos, but when you watch the videos, there's some um, terrifying videos on YouTube that you can look up of the, the ships unloading these people and, and the masses that are pouring out of them that there's hardly any women or kids in the crowd. It's all your males. Why, why, are, all these, why are all these men fleeing their country and not fighting? Why are they not staying there? What's what's going on? Because, you know, I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but it is the goal. Let it go. You know, people. That's why that's why Christians go on missionary trips, right? To spread the spread the gospel. Well, sure. they're spreading their gospel their own way, aren't they? Well, and they're almost taking it back to how it was back in the Christian Inquisition days. Like, what? You don't want to convert? Off with your head. I mean, it just it kind of becomes like that. Yeah. Or it has become like that. Right. And and all the people that uh, what well, and not to go too deep, but. You know, the Crusades, uh, President Obama himself even said, you know, hey, Christians, you haven't always been peaceful. You, you know, let's, let's go ahead and take a look back at the Crusades. Well, what he, what he didn't say was, yeah, the Crusades were to drive the Muslim hordes out of Europe who were pillaging and killing. That's, that's why the Crusades happened. Thanks. Thanks. I'll go ahead and add that for you, President, Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's almost a whole nother conversation. There's so much blood on both sides of that. But, you know, I think oftentimes that, yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah, so so you know the thing yeah. is is, uh, and getting back to my good friend, former CIA guy, you know mm-hmm. when he and I have good conversations about this, you know I I asked him early on I said listen dude I go are we funding ISIS, and this was a long time ago, uh, when this stuff was all ramping up, and he goes absolutely one hundred percent without a doubt he said uh, the money's being funneled from us straight to NATO. Um, NATO is NATO is is taking the money and the arms and, and delivering them, and uh, that's that's just the way it is. And and with Turkey, Turkey playing both sides of the fence here, they're they're aiding ISIS, they're buying their oil. Um, you know, it's it's obvious that NATO NATO is involved because NATO a NATO nation like Turkey uh, supporting ISIS is is um, you know it's apparent. It's very very obvious to those paying attention. Mm-hmm. So it's it's out of control, and we've got to. Uh, Got to, got to at least talk about it, expose it, because uh, nobody else is going to do it for us, buddy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, it's, it's such a larger picture of what's going on. I mean, you you have, I mean, you have the larger picture of all this stuff going to destabilize things. But I mean, within all of this, you have, like we talked off air, and it sounds crazy, folks. There's such a crazy trade of everything going on: people, guns, drugs. I mean, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious wasn't just something with us in Mexico. We're talking about a global guns and arms trade, which did go through Mexico, also to Libya. I mean, right. if you go into deeper of what really went down in Benghazi, I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, the, the the ambassador, I, I believe, caught wind of what was really going on as far as 
arms being funded but funneled through uh benghazi into into syria into some of these areas i mean exactly this is the shit that's been going on for so long though man going back to operation phoenix in vietnam with with the with the drug uh with them uh with the heroin i mean even nowadays i don't know how much how much karzai's been gone out of the scene but Hamid Karzai's brother got pinched for pretty much being the main drug lord in Afghanistan, <laughs> slanging the heroin into Turkey, into Europe. I mean, and of course, this is all under the auspices of, you know, we're right there. We're set. We have shops set up. Like we don't know this. I mean, this is the heroin. This goes back to the French Connection. So it's just like there is precedent to this, man. It's not just some shit that's happening now, and it's still ongoing. And again, I, I wish I knew the end game, man. But it's really kind of terrifying because well, in my you know, in my mind, I mean, you see, and we, we don't need to get deep into the financial side of things, but the end game you talk about an easy explanation uh, in my mind is is could be definitely the uh, destabilization of of nations. No, no nation standing alone, America. You know, it's it's independence and its ability to stand alone is being it's just being eroded away right now. And I think that that is something that, you know, the globalists do not see borders. They see the globe. They see money. They see selling products to everyone, controlling everything. And, and that's the way it is. So. So no, no borders to them is is what they see. And we've got to take a look at the banking situation now. The, the the banks in Europe are starting to have a lot of problems. Um, they're, I mean, we're talking about uh, negative interest rates where they're going to charge you money. Uh, the bail-ins are starting. A lot of other things. The bail-in in, in and Austria. I think, I just read, and I think the yeah. only way they pull this off, Jeffrey, is um, it, to go to a digital currency to truly control everything, uh, to just have it a, a stroke on a, on a pad of, of just electronic pulses as money, the only way they can tr- switch over to this is complete chaos and mm-hmm. and and destruction and, and which just... gets into that problem reaction solution. Like right. we almost get we, if we get to a point like what you're talking about, I think is is obviously possible. I think, but it's further down the road to the point where they have to create so much, uh, like you said, terror and 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 dependency, if you will. We will beg for it. We whatever they're going to ask for the FEMA camp or whatever the fuck it is, we're going to beg for it. Like because the, the things I think. They're gonna create get get so bad from from civil war, you know, racial shit, um, economic stuff's gonna create its own little social unrest, political stuff. I mean, look at the shit that's going on at at Sanders rallies and Trump rallies. Like this is a this is a brewing keg right now. And the religious stuff, you know, obviously they're doing a serious east west. I mean, you, they're firing on all cylinders as far as um, recipes for I guess I don't want to call it civil war, but recipes for serious unrest and it's not i mean i don't know i'm just i know there's still light in the world i know there's still good stuff going on in the world but um for what i'm seeing um there, there's been a there's being a this whole thing this ship's being controlled in a way that uh we're not going to like where it's going yeah and uh, you know and, and i i think a glaring thing you know as you mentioned with with you know the religious stuff the racial tensions all the stuff that that's being instigated on purpose you know me and you know what i do i travel literally every week to a different city in the United States every week. And I see black people, brown people, white people, Asian people interacting and getting along fine, hanging out together, having drinks, having dinner, having meetings, and everybody gets along just fine. And so it's it's a false narrative. And sure, are there some racial tensions when a cop shoots a black kid? Absolutely. I get it. I get it. I understand it. And, uh, but I think yeah. the, the thing is, is you got a white guy and a black guy doing a podcast right now together. We're good friends and we're telling you that's bullshit. Right. You know, so Absolutely. that's the thing. Well, and that's the thing. People need to stop falling for the okie doke. And it's like, like I said, we were saying a minute ago, people's, when I say ignorance, that's not to slam anybody. Ignorance just means lack of information. People's lack of information in these days or any time is dangerous, but it's really dangerous now because, the okie doke, like I said, is being laid out there in a bunch of different ways, from the religious stuff to the racial stuff. I mean, people really, really need to be careful and really kind of, again, I'm a self-confessed idiot, but you need to, like, educate yourself a little bit to, you know, do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. You know, right. there's there's a fix in, ladies and gentlemen, and we we got to get a little bit more hip to it. Otherwise, you know, like, like I said, we're going to get into it maybe in another episode, but the presidential stuff. I'm not a Trump guy. I'm not a Sanders guy. I'm not a Hillary guy. Or, But it's like – 
they're stealing shit. You know what I mean? They're just like stealing shit from Trump. They're stealing shit from Bernie. Absolutely. You know, cause they're both not necessarily establishment folk. It's just what's happening. Yeah. You know, and if you're cool with that, ladies and gentlemen, if you're cool with the usurpation of the process just because you don't like X, Y, Z, then you're definitely more part of the problem than the solution. Yeah, and what those people don't realize is that history repeats itself, and these mouthpieces for complete uh, – control government large government um of their control of everything well look when that actually happens you your neck might be the first one on the chopping block because you're no longer useful to them they don't need you anymore and that happened it's happened in nazi germany and russia and uh you know pol pot did the same thing it's it's history repeats itself over and over again and that's kind of that's the other strange thing that's dangerous people set up a kind of uh a certain lull or you know they just don't think that a normalcy bias if you will or whatever like they don't that could never happen here that could, you know pre pre-world war ii and hitler coming and doing his thing like germany was the spot like it was one of the most cosmopolitan places in europe you would if you would have told them a year or two before shit went crazy like hey here's how crazy shit's gonna get they would have said the same stuff people say to us now just because it was everything was so not you know in that way but I mean, you saw how bad it got I mean, God forbid it actually gets gets that bad. But well, I think uh, I think we're going to need a if if look, and it comes down to if if Trump actually gets a nomination, is he one? Is he being truthful? Is he truly having a a Reagan-esque switch from liberalism to to conservative uh, values? You know, I I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's true, and I uh, hate to see him get elected and then find out that he was lying all along. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of the shit he says though um, is is going too far. I agree. Uh, but some of the stuff saying, you know what, we got to we got to halt all immigration coming into this country until we get this stuff figured out, because if we can't control the people coming in, there's it's just not going to happen. If, well, we and if he st- anyway. and if he stands by yeah. that, if he stands by that, Jeffrey, to stop that stuff, that screws up what, in my mind, the bankers plans are, because the bankers are already talking about, you know, going to a digital currency. They're already uh, they're they're talking about. You know, removing cash from the system and, and things like that. They're just giving little hints here and there. Right. I think it's just a litmus test to see what kind of reaction they get from things. But Trump, I think, if he actually stood by that, if he got in the Oval Office, he'd be dead in a year. I really do. Yeah, I mean, we've looked at history. I mean, there's never been – I've always said you never get in this position unless you are – compromised in some way like blackmailable or you're a billionaire and you don't need you know what i mean you're not at their behest and you're not you know you're not their um you're not their chump yeah like while we've got zuckerberg um on his 700 acres on on a hawaiian island uh his who the hell owns 700 acres in hawaii first yeah, of all got mark zuckerberg. With his, <laughs> right with his mansion uh, telling me that I've got to give a little more to take care of these Syrian, Syrian refugees that are going to pour into my country, and I've got to, you know, I've got to make room for them while he's got 700 acres in Hawaii. Telling me that I'm a bad guy for thinking that it's a bad, bad idea. Uh, you know, this is this is the lunacy that's that's going on. Uh, the elitists uh, saying these things and towing the line for the government, uh, along with the Pope. I mean, when was the last time you saw? The church and the government oppressing people was the American Revolution was the result of that, right? Um, before that, the French Revolution. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's 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 in my mind the the crown and the church again abusing the citizens. Yeah, yeah I mean, and you you know what say? What do the people say, man? All all roads uh, lead back to Rome, and I guess we we could even have that conspiracy theory conversation or conspiracy farm conversation. Add a little water to that on how people say you know the Vatican controls everything. Or you know the Rothschilds through the through the banking, um, but you know one thing we've talked about before. You know I, anymore the, the the checkers players like to get caught up, and I know there's you know the valid valid points to be brought up. You know the the right versus left. In my opinion, they're oftentimes two sides of the same coin and are very much so controlled. Yeah. Um, it it is very dangerous and almost counterproductive to get too deep into like. What's Bernie going to do? What's Hillary going to do? What's Trump going to do? Your conclusions, your solutions will always be off yeah, unless you understand the premise. And the premise is this larger shit we're talking about. If you really think Hillary and Bernie or any of those guys are – I mean every four years, Pat, we go we swing this pendulum and people actually think these motherfuckers are going to get up and do something. It never and happens. It never happens. I mean, it just doesn't – Yeah, it's, it's – again, it's it's fabricated, the arguments. Look, um, when, when Trump talks about charging women – Abortion. Look, I'm not for I'm not I'm not for 
what happens to an unborn fetus. I, I'm not for it. Okay. It's just the way it is. It's not a war on women and women in my mind, but to think that a president could overturn Roe versus Wade is lunacy. It's not going to happen. Um, and to even say anything about it. And what I, what I say to people, they're like, well, how do you feel about, you know, um, lesbians and gays? I, I have no problem with that. People can live their lives the way they want to, as long as they're not hurting other people. I don't care. What do you think about abortion? I don't agree with it, but I can't change it. Okay. People are going to make decisions that I don't agree with. That doesn't mean I'm going to boycott their business. That doesn't mean I'm going to freak out or hate them or, or call them a baby murderer. I have to let them do their own thing. That's just the way it is. Even though I don't like it, I, I vehemently disagree with, with, with maybe abortion or something else. It, it's just the way it is. So what I say to people is, look, do you think in Greece right now with the financial collapse, that they have arguments at the cafe about abortion or somebody being gay right. when they're broke right. and they're fucking starving. No, they're not. So all of you better stop arguing about all of these social issues and start right. paying attention to the bankers and the financial situation and the cover that they're providing for themselves with the stuff that's going on in the Middle East, with the influx of all these people to, to turn society upside down. That's what you better, better start paying attention to because if you don't, it's all gone. Yeah, and Austria was the first European country about a week ago to have have a bail in, um, if not one, of, if not the first, one of the first, like Greece. I'm not sure if they had a bail in, but yeah, bail in is essentially when the banks essentially jack everyone's money to cover right, uh, cover whatever losses or you know, yeah. I mean that that's definitely the larger part of it. And tomorrow, I wish we could have. I mean, we're gonna hopefully get him on, but he's a pretty well known economist, but he's he's a big proponent of well, it's pretty much a well known understanding tomorrow. Uh, China is going to be essentially announcing, or there, I guess that's probably there today now, but anyway, our tomorrow, China is going to be announcing that their, uh, Chuan, I think it's called Chuan, uh, Y-U-A-N, is going to be backed, I believe, by gold now. Yeah. They've been buying up gold for a long time. Yeah, but... They even got pissed quite a while ago because they found a shitload of their gold was actually tungsten, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I mean, that's been going on for a long time too, but that's a whole other conversation, how the, uh, the U.S. dollar, um, as as the world's reserve currency is kind of shifting, uh, but that that is definitely a larger conversation. Well, and, and, yeah, um, you, and and people don't realize, and, and I know we're talking about ISIS, but ISIS is the cover yeah. for all of this stuff that's going on. Um, sure. But so so it's all tied together. When you've got the BRIC nations, Brazil, China, Russia, that are that are trying to create their own banks and have created their own banks, their own trade with their own currencies. Um, now you've got. Uh, the, the central bankers, the global bankers are, are losing their minds. And that's why we see this ramp up in hostility between Russia, the United States and other nations, our, our allies, NATO nations. Will Russia, if, if, if Turkey shoots down another one of Russia's, Russia's fighter jets, does Russia hammer the shit out of Turkey? And then suddenly, yeah, we're in World War, we're in World War Three because we've got to pay attention to Article Five from, from NATO that says we have to protect Another NATO nation that that gets attacked is is that what ultimately sets this thing off? I don't know, but but uh, well, and see, and, and per, per kind of what you said, you know, the BRICS, these new, like it's all shifting, guys. Like it's so much like not the U.S. dollar anymore. Like you said, the BRIC, um, that's Brazil, Russia, I believe Indonesia, or India, and China, um, and then you have th places like uh, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. These are all different organizations and and you know uh, financial in institutions in Asia, essentially getting ready for this big shift, and it's um. It's. I think it's going to be interesting, man. I don't. I don't know. I hope to God it doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't. Uh, it, 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 I don't think it's going to get soup. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want a worst case scenario. But um, things. Things are definitely changing. Things are definitely. Well, changing. definitely changing. And if the American dollar is no longer the global note, um, how expensive is your gas tomorrow, buddy? Right. Well, in a few years ago, and I had the article up a little bit ago. Um, it's been a couple years. China and Russia have already started trading their oil in uh, in Chinese dollars or Chinese yuan. So this is this has been moving in a direction. I mean, that that's huge in and of itself. The the world trades trades their oil in U in U.S. petrodollars for Russia and China to have stopped doing right. that a couple of years ago. Like this bubble is is building, folks. It's almost like your your teenage college student or whatever like owes a shitload of money and keeps getting credit cards. This is essentially like a, a microcosm of what we're talking about, and it's not it's, even to it's, mention what we're talking about—the derivatives, the collateralized debt obligations, the you know all, all the different things that are just creating this bubble even further. Right, and by doing this, I mean. It just—it's almost like icing on the cake. If we've got 
terrorist attacks going on here in the United States. That's just icing on the cake to the destruction of the nation financially, uh, being killed really in my mind without a shot being fired by China and Russia starting to do this. And, and you know that uh, Brazil's doing the same thing. Uh, they've got plenty of oil down there. And we've tried to keep them bored by sending them billions of dollars to help develop their oil industry and, and our, our technical knowledge on how to do this stuff. We've sent a lot of people down there doing that. It's, it's it's definitely getting very interesting in terms of the, those three nations really working together to uh, turn us upside down and that transition of Brazil's you know their their economy getting turned upside down i mean have you seen the pictures of people marching through the streets in Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo I mean, hundreds of thousands of people, not just thousands. Well, I mean, look at what's happening in Brazil. Because I mean, the, not Brazil, the, but Venezuela. It doesn't. I mean, Venezuela is essentially collapsed. Right. It doesn't take I mean, the bankers that much to turn your, your your economy upside down. I mean, they did it for in the depression here by changing um, one of one of the ways they did it. One of the parts of it, the legs, was changing the interest rate on gold in in England so that people would send their gold there, right, and store it. They had a different different interest rate on on precious metals there, and that certainly helped bring down our economy. Mm. Yeah, see, we, we're, we're spiraling off into, into like, the, the big economic discussion, which is very interesting you said something, because, like you said, they're essentially doing this without firing a shot. And I strongly suggest people go online and find – it's about a 45-minute document that it's read to you. It's kind of audiobookish. It's called Silent Weapons for Silent Wars. It is definitely worth – watching and listening to because there's such a huge economic component to this and you'll hear me utilize this metaphor a lot it really kind of lets you know how we're just it's the matrix we're just kind of like batteries just fueling this kind of machine through through our our consumerism essentially you know we're whatever it's definitely worth checking out silent weapons for silent wars but we're going to bring this back we're going to full circle it pat we started out kind of letting everybody know and this is the article here from military times isis is expanding the reach and sophistication of its drone fleet not just speaking about just the drone fleet let's just close and speak about this growth this metastasization is that a word it's metastasized from this this these small ragtag bands maybe dating back to our brzezinski days of mujahideen Etc. To you're talking about full-on Fetullah Gulen funding, along with a bunch of other people, funding madrasas and schools and radicalizing for the last 25 years, and we've now gotten to a point where it's huge. And in this threat of a caliphate, if you will, is actually a reality. No, it's, it's. What are your final thoughts, my friend, on this growth? What can we do? Well, I would say that we we have to obviously protect ourselves, figure it out. We've got to hey, not be afraid to talk about these things. Talk about it with your friends, uh, ask them what they know, um, help inform them, read a lot, learn about it, protect yourself that way by educating your neighbors and, and bringing people on board so that the American people eventually just say, you know what, enough's enough. And, and as crazy as I think Glenn Beck is at times, um, you and I have talked about this, Glenn Beck years ago said that the caliphate was going to happen. He called it out with maps. He diagrammed how it was going to go down, everything. He lost his job at Fox. Because of all this stuff, um, and he ended up starting his own his own network, the Blaze, and he's doing quite well. While Oprah was lo- losing millions on hers, he was he was making millions with his because he's he he does tell the truth about this sort of stuff anyway. But it, but it was coming, it was coming, and we were warned, and and nobody listened, and America continues to not listen and be politically correct. Don't be politically correct. Don't don't. Don't let people run off to safe spaces and and not give a shit if somebody feels microaggressed because people need to learn the truth. It, it really it, it comes down to that, Jeffrey. Let me let me ask you because a lot of people, like I said, this has been going on for like I said decades, and this is a, whatever. Uh, what do you think? Some people think you know this is all on Obama. Obama is the Islamic infiltrator that is putting this into action to hap- make that happen. That to me is a checkers move. You know, it's it's focusing too much on one president. When you know, president's got some juice, but you know, they're they're really just the, the Michelin man for the Michelin company. They're kind of just the figurehead, if you right. will. Right. But you know, some people get caught into that narrative that it's all. I remember when I was working out at the gym before uh, Obama even got elected. This lady's two ladies were talking to like, if he gets elected, he's gonna force us all to be Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, the thing is, but what do you think about well, that? Well. You know, Reagan was doing it in Afghanistan, I think, for a much different reason, to stop to stop the Russians from gaining access to, to a lot of the minerals. And, and Afghanistan is mineral-rich and, and a lot of good stuff over there, obviously, that a lot of 
as well as Africa. Right, right. So, you know, that, that was to stop the spread of that. Now, I see it as it's financial, yes, but it, it's a globalist financial move, all of it, the way they've tied all this stuff together. And, and that's just the way I see it. I see it as clear as day that it is the cover to, to switch over to a digital currency. As far as Obama being the guy that's, that, is he the guy that puts the final nail in the coffin for these people? Um, he might be that guy. Um, but I think that through all the years, yes, Clinton has done a lot of damage. Bush did a lot of damage with the wars. Um, it, it all ties together and, and it leads to some really, really bad stuff, really bad stuff. And, and uh, where it ends, we're not sure. Um, but we're certainly going to stay, stay abreast of it and keep people, keep people abreast and informed because, uh, I, once you open this door, this Pandora's box, Jeffrey, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. sleep patterns become different a little bit. <laughs> well, and to understand, like you said, a little bit more of the sophistication and the architecture of it, go into, like I said, Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope, uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski's book, um, Grand Chessboard. Um, some of the, you know, they've laid this out, you know, uh, you get into understand the, the, the project for a new American century or the council of 300 or the trilateral commission or council on foreign relations. A lot of it is compartmentalized. Also, Pat, we can get into this a little bit. I mean, it's like not everybody knows they're like taking over the world, kind of like your household. Your kids don't know the top level of conversations that go on in the house, like the military, a private doesn't know the same shit as a general. And that's the same thing that happens in, in any facet of life, especially, you know, what we're talking about here, black. Ops and you know super black ops. Not everybody knows what the fuck's going on, right. and not everybody in the Bilderberg you know knows that whatever we talked about earlier. That, you know, well, these people get into that. These though. people have been planning for. They have no timeline, Jeffrey. We have a timeline. Right. Look, when you and I want freedom, true freedom, what Americans don't even understand what true freedom is for the most part, we want it now. We want it now. We push for it now. We don't put. We don't educate massive amounts of children in schools to help that spread eventually in the next generation. But these people have. They put their people in schools, in the media. They've they've set and laid plans and made it work. And that's what we're seeing happen now. Everything is blossoming for them. So they've made these plans for, for many, many decades. Uh, right. I think, you know, even before the Federal Reserve Act, when we had two central banks before that, um, they were attempting to do that here in this country. Well, I mean, this goes back to your the three wars. Your your letter found exactly, uh, on, you know, exactly, Adam, yeah. and the creature from Jekyll Island. You read that from yes. Griffin. Um, again, the the creature from Jekyll Island. People can read that and understand truly what we're dealing with financially, and and why the what what the motivation would be for a creation of ISIS and all these other terrorist organizations spreading throughout the world. Um, it, it'll it'll come a little clearer to you when you've mm-hmm. read these books we're talking about. So. It, it boggles the mind that, uh, that, that people have just sat back and, and I understand it, Jeffrey. I'm a, I'm a guy that for a living, I, I, I was a professional athlete. I had time to research stuff. I, I travel a lot. I have downtime in my hotel room on the plane. I read books. I read articles and I research and I study things. There's a lot of people out there, man, that are working from seven o'clock till five o'clock at night, get home. They're dealing with their kids. They're taking them to practice. They're eating dinner. They're tired. They watch a little TV and they go to bed and they never absorb right. the, the information that you and I have over all these years. And so that's what you and I are here for. We have to tell them right. about it because they don't have the time. And I get it, man. I envy the nine to five guy a lot because I travel. But on the other hand, I'm able to do things that he's not because he just simply doesn't have the time. Right. Well, and even from a larger standpoint, I think there is like a, there is a social engineering aspect to the dumbing down of our society. So, you know what I mean? You look for as many shortcuts to thinking as possible. That's why, you know, you hear somebody talk like you and I talk. It's like, oh, you're one of them, quote unquote, conspiracy theorists. And automatically their mind shuts down because, like I said in the beginning, it's become this pejorative term that, you know, nobody wants to really think anymore. So, you know, you and I become and people like us become anomalies while, you know, they keep up with the Kardashians and line up for fucking iPhones or, you know, what is it? The I can't, I don't even remember the term because I've never, what is it? Black Friday? What the, who right. does that? People die. Yeah. People die doing this activity. It's just insane, man. This, this is what I'm talking about, the bizarre world. I watch stuff like that, Pat, and it really, 
it hurts my heart, man. Not just because, like, come on, really for a TV, but it's like those people, you know, if you go up to the man on the streets and, like, ask just basic questions on world leaders or what, it's like they don't know shit, but they know Snooky <laughs> and they know what, you know, they know all the dumb shit, but don't even ask them about anything cerebral. It's, it's like brutal. you hear their, see the smoke coming the out of their ear. Dude, I've talked to, I've talked to really bright people, business people. Uh, even even local bankers, people who work at banks that don't know any of this shit, and you just look at them and go, "How is this possible?" That right. What I'm telling you is completely foreign to your brain. You, you know, and and I'll just say, "Go yeah. go go read this, go read that," and then next time I see you at the store when we're grocery shopping, we'll talk about it. And they see me and they go, "Dude, holy shit." <laughs> Well, see, and that's what I hope this does. I think I've, we've laid out a few sources for this stuff, and I mean, I know a lot of people, if they're tuned in, obviously they're probably a little, you know, acclimated to a conspiracy. But if not, you know, you, you this definitely takes you down the rabbit hole more. So you, it definitely gives you so much more of a crystal clear, comprehensive. Not again that you and I know everything about it, but it just it lets you filter these events nowadays through a different lens. You know, you just see it through a different lens, and you understand it's not all what it seems and like i said it's just easier to kind of see through the bullshit a little bit more and um but it, it also was frustrating because there's so many people kind of locked in that matrix still that and i don't have this conversation with people outside of kind of this because you get that like what you're clearly a, you know, just, <laughs> it, especially if you're around a group of people because then they gang up on you and then you're just you're fucked no you know just, what you know, dude i love it i love it when people when people try to debate me i had a guy it's not even. Yeah, I had a guy. It's just a matter of like, I'm you sitting, know they're I'm not I'm sitting get first it. class because I've flown in the back of the friggin' bus for so many years that I finally get upgraded, right? So I get upgraded I now. Know. I'm sitting in first class and I'm sitting next to a pilot. And the pilot and I are talking politics. And this guy's obviously a conservative. We're talking. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're, but we're talking about bigger subjects than just, you know, the, the, the bullshit that, between liberals and, and conservatives. And the guy sitting behind him just obviously. He just takes the very far left stance to the point where he supports the globalists. And I said, are you an American citizen? He said, yeah, I am. And I said, then what would motivate you to support the control of our monetary system, say, for instance, by people who aren't even American citizens? He goes, well, that's just the global economy. That's the way things are going to work. And it got so bad um, that I started hammering him on, on different facts that he got so frustrated that then he finally looked at me and he said, what are you going to do now? Beat me up? And I said, oh, I said, why would I beat you up when I just destroyed you into bed? I don't need to beat you up. You're, you're, you're clueless and you have no, no idea what you're talking about. And it got to the point. He got so bad. He was so upset. This is a grown man. All right. And he's he, obviously he's, he's dressed to the, to the, to the T, um, very expensive outfit guy. Obviously he's got, got plenty of money. He starts crying when we're getting off the plane and, the whole first class section, including the United pilot that was riding in first class, started laughing at the guy to the point where they go, oh, dear God, you know, and, and he was microaggressed. He was. And he, he started bawling because I buried him so badly in the debate that it hurt his feelings and he couldn't handle it. These, wow. people, these people will not see the truth no matter what no, until un, until the FEMA camps start. They won't get it. Right, they won't get right. it. Well, what do they call that? That's uh, cognitive dissonance. When you've set your mind up so – you've locked yourself on such a narrative. When you bring in other – when someone brings in other information, it literally like shuts you down. You don't even know how to process I would, it. I would liken it – I would almost liken it to this. Um, early days of, of the UFC, you'd have a wrestler. You'd have a, a boxer. You'd have a kickboxer. You'd have a karate guy. And, and they were too stubborn to learn any other style of fighting because they took it personal. It was, it was so deeply in the fiber of the, of who they were that they, that they couldn't do it. And that's the way these people are. They cannot the learn the anything else because they've on. absorbed it into their soul, dude. Yeah. That's just and it, and it's, it's dangerous. Cause it's like, man, like it's, it for me, like I, I even posted something the other day about it. For, it's not about being right necessarily. I'm about exchanging ideas and getting a deeper understanding of things because I'm very Socratic, you know, about yeah. how I, all I know is I know nothing. Yeah. And I'm always anxious to hear new shit and, you know, process new information. So, yeah, it, it gets dangerous, man, when you get locked into – that's why, you know, I, I respect everybody's right to religion and all of that. But it's like when you get too deep into your religion, your politics, it definitely, you know, creates uh, – it definitely sets up some blinders. And it, it makes it difficult for you to have, like, open-minded conversations. Yeah, and I love, like, I I love it when somebody educates me and proves me wrong. 
I want that. Yeah. I want that because I I want to become more well informed and and see the big picture. I I don't care about something. It would be like um, you know somebody kicking my ass with a with some certain martial arts techniques that I'd never seen before. Thank you. That hurt. That hurt a lot. I want to use that. Right, right, right. Let me get my Jeet Kundo and add it to my arsenal. <laughs> right. Well, Mr. Patrick J., we have uh, we've gone kind of uh, deep here. We're about over an hour, and uh, I think we've covered a lot. I mean, we shit. We're we're not even close to done, folks. Because obviously, you know, as these things develop, we will still address this expansion of ISIS, expansion of this war on terror. Uh, we're going to get into next episode, I think, maybe some more economic, a little more deeper economic issues if we can track down uh, the guests we're thinking uh, of. But if not, we will have another nice, lovely conspiracy to add a little bit of water to. Any final words, my brother? No, just thanks for listening in to our, to our inaugural podcast. I'm, I'm really happy to be working with you, Jeffrey. I think this is going to be a, a very fun journey together, buddy. We sound so fine, don't you agree? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first episode of The Conspiracy Farm with Patrick Milicic and Jeffrey Wilson. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay tuned for more. Thanks again, Pat. Thank you, brother. We got more for you, folks. We got more for you. Stay tuned.